Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's or on Spotify. You can listen to us or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So today with us from Tampa, Florida, uh, Grant and Austin Gappelberg of Hampton Chocolate Factory. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. So, uh, well, I'm lacking a little sleep, but we're we're getting there. You guys are going to pump me up this morning. I'm going to pump you guys up, and uh, yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to get an episode done, at least one, maybe two, if we run on. We'll have to we'll have to schedule part two if that happens. But let's start from the beginning. Like, how do two brothers end up in the chocolate business as entrepreneurs? And it's interesting because you're actually not the first two that suddenly I've had. Um, that I'm interviewing. There's been like four or five businesses that are brothers um, as joint entrepreneurs. It wasn't my story for sure, um, but it is your guy's story. So let's hear it. Yeah. So the business started off as a family business when I was actually 11 years old and Austin was 13. Um, that was just eight years ago. Now I'm 19 and Austin's 22. Uh, we spent the first couple of years learning the lay of the land in the world of chocolate and really learning about business uh, back in the Hamptons of Long Island. And that's where the business started. That's where everything started. Then once we got old enough, uh, actually around the time of COVID, we decided that it was our time to really take over the business and bring it with us to Tampa, Florida, because we were going to school in Tampa, to the University of Tampa. Uh, so we opened up a flagship Hampton Chocolate Factory right in Tampa, Florida, and it's almost 2,000 square feet. And since we've taken over the Hampton Chocolate Factory, uh, we've made a lot of additions and we have a lot of new new products that we've launched. So Tampa's been treating us really well. So let's talk about this. <clears throat> You grew up in an entrepreneurial family, obviously. There was the original chocolate Hampton chocolate factory in the Hamptons. Is that one still exist? Does that one still exist? No. So we have completely relocated the business down to Tampa, Florida. Uh, our family moved to Naples, Florida, and Austin and I now live in Tampa. So Florida's the place to be. Everyone loves it here. Everyone we know from New York is moving down here. And that's where we're going to grow the business. And you're not, you're, <clears throat> this has happened everywhere. This has happened where people are going to Florida there. They were able to start food businesses. It's been very open COVID. They didn't really shut down Florida. So interesting entrepreneurs were actually able to move there and sort of flow their businesses in like you guys have and be very successful. Um, I would say you have, the compounding effect of entrepreneurism your brothers did you both go to the same university did i hear that correctly yeah and just to, to your comment florida is the land of the free you know everyone is coming to florida there's so much freedom so much opportunity and it's it's really endless and it's really just getting started you know everyone from the northeast is transitioning to florida just because they realize that the quality of life down in the south in florida specifically is just 10 times better and we both did attend the University of Tampa. I actually just graduated in, I can now say last year since we're in 2023. So I graduated last May and Grant is still a student there. 
So, so you guys are still young, and yet you've moved this business. You've had success there. I agree. Florida's a booming market, especially if you're in food. You want to be uh, in this market. And um, so let, let's talk about this. Like your your family moves. Uh, are they still involved in the business, or is it just mainly Austin and Grant that that do everything? You mentioned taking over the business and. Like, what gave you this idea? Like, you're in school. Like, right, I'm not going to ask two questions. You're in school. You're figuring life out. And you're also, like, trying to um, get a business off the ground. And why, um, why do this when you could be in school partying or hanging out with girls or guys, whatever? And um, why do a business? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I always vision, envision myself being successful and knowing exactly what I was going to do before I graduated college. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it was going to happen. I just believed it since I was a kid. And basically, we saw this opportunity. Um, we grew up in the business, so we knew it like the back of our hand. And Austin and I, we're both moving to Tampa. Austin actually already lived there and I was following him there to attend the university of Tampa. And we were like, okay, we're going to be in the same city. We know this business and we can take it down here and we know how to get it off the ground, and really get the momentum going. So it just really made sense. And for me, I have had, you know, uh, high expectations for myself and big dreams since I was a little kid. Uh, so it really was not easy. It was not difficult for me to um, decide to kind of take a step back from the, the normal college kid life of partying, drinking, and really just dive deep into business. And I think the same thing happened to, to Austin, really. Yeah, I mean, for me... You know, I was a little bit more seasoned in terms of the college life. I actually attended the University of Delaware for two years prior to transferring to the University of Tampa. And, you know, I enjoyed my college life at Delaware. And, you know, I was I created a product at Delaware. I launched a product on Amazon, sold it. It's called Keep. And I really experimented with business since the first day I stepped into a college classroom. It was always using school to the business's benefit whether it's a project, whether it's a professor, or whether it's just meeting the right person. I mean, being in school is an opportunity. You just have to use it the right way. I And I totally agree with you guys. And one of the things that I really like what you guys said was, um, is that you school is a tool. Like, in, it's if you're not wielding it, and you're not using it while you're learning it, then you're never going to learn. It's like, okay, let me learn how to use this hammer, but I'm never actually going to nail in a nail in four years. Like that's the scenario we're talking about here. Okay. You're getting all this knowledge, but you're not actually nailing the nail into the wood. And so this is what I like about it. And I agree with you. Um, it's my experience as well. Um, I went into school and it was much more what I could get out of school. Uh, I also looked at University of Delaware. I think they're the fighting blue hens, if I remember correctly. Not the most intimidating mascot, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of the worst. There's a lot of different (laughs) ones. Um, 
but yeah, I think that that's one of the worst. Um, it's but it's also interesting that you guys um, decided then you so you move. You're like we're both going to go to Florida. How did you have the conversation with your parents? Hey, parents, like we're going to take this business you guys run really well, and we're going to do it down down in Florida. I mean, were your parents supportive? What does that look like? Talk to me about what that conversation is because you guys are still young and in college. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was interesting. Uh, when I was a, a senior in high school, I remember I got in trouble in school and I was basically uh, grounded. And I kind of decided at that point that I wanted to, uh, to start working on my future. And I really didn't know what that meant and the Hampton Chocolate Factory was in front of me. So that's when I committed fully. Um, we really didn't have a tough time uh, coming to this conclusion because we were already basically running the shops in New York. Uh, and we were already fully involved and fully committed. So we kind of had already proved ourselves to an extent. Um and it really wasn't um, a huge conversation besides the fact that we got to figure out how this is going to play out. We really didn't know much about Tampa. It was kind of a uncharted territory. Austin had lived there for a little while, but Tampa was a newer city back then. Um, and, you know, we really didn't know it like we knew the Hamptons. So, yeah. And just to add to that, I mean, you know, like Grant said, being in the business for six years, seven years speaks volumes. And we, we really understood the business better than anybody else. And in reality, the Hampton Chocolate Factory was built for us to take once we were ready. You know, being in the world of business, learning every summer, every year, new responsibilities, and then getting to the point where we're able to take it over. Honestly, I think it was our family's goal, family's dream, you know, for us to really take the reins and drive the bus of the Hampton Chocolate Factory. And they've been both our dad and mom beyond supportive. And, you know, they continue to be proud of us for succeeding because we, we really didn't know what we were getting into. We had no clue. Um, we were flying blind with very little experience, you know, managing people older than us, not knowing what to do and just figuring things out the hard way. And, I mean, that's entrepreneurship as a whole, and we continue to do it. So, I mean, most parents wouldn't be like, let's pick up our business and move it to Florida. Like, we worked really hard to establish in the Hamptons. So, there's a lot of family core values here and working in the family business. So, let's go back to when you were kids, you know, whatever, starting at 11 years old, gaming into the business or whatever age it was. Like, why did you like working there? Like, most kids don't want to work in their family businesses anymore. And and while on this podcast, it seems like everyone does. I'm picking out a very, very small percentage of the population that actually ends up, like, working for their parents and learns from them and all that. But why did you guys want to? Well, a couple of reasons. I mean, for one, it's a fun business, right? It's chocolate. It's not like we're learning accounting. But for me and Austin, I think, I was always just interested in business. No matter what my dad was doing, when he was on conference calls, I was just listening in. And any chance I could get, I would try to learn. For some reason, I just had a, 
a huge interest in the, the world of business since I was very young. Um, and we basically had the opportunity to join our parents on uh, weekends and even some school nights at farmer's markets for the first uh, three years of the business. That's where we did a lot of the testing the brand and developing the brand, uh, going on farmer's markets and trade shows. Then we opened up our first store in West Hampton Beach, which is a very small town. Uh, if anyone's familiar with West Hampton, it's super seasonal. So we only had a three and a half, maybe four month window to be open during the summer season. And then we were closed the rest of the year. And for us, that was kind of perfect because when we were on our summer vacation from middle school or high school, we were able to fully commit and you know work the store as much as possible. And then when we went back to school, it really winded down and that continued on for a couple of years. And it was honestly, uh, it was a pretty sweet scenario. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, you know, it, it really comes down to it being around somebody like on, you know, our dad being the ultimate role model for us and just kind of giving us the entrepreneurship sell it being in our blood and really just showing us the path and when you're kind of given that red carpet um you know you might want to walk around it but then you kind of realize that hey you know that's the red carpet i'm going to walk up to the stage and take advantage of this opportunity and that's really what happened and i think it's important because like you guys want to be in the business your parents obviously saw the interest or you wouldn't they wouldn't have trusted you to run the business down in Florida or grow the business like you're doing it. And I think that that's part of what's important here is that you guys are doing that. You're able to, you were able to build trust. Your parents instilled good core values in you. Um, You're both entrepreneurial. You've had good role models. And I think that all of those things matter. So Outside of your father, and, and I'm going to go back into the chocolates and, and all of that in the details because I want to get into it. But other than your father, what other, have you had other role models? I mean, what would you say there's other influences? And if so, and including your father, what are the core values you feel that these mentors or leaders have given you by being your leader? I mean, for me, the first person that comes, comes to mind would be Uh, One of my high school coaches, I was a wrestler in high school. And when I moved to Florida, I was going to this new school and I was on this new team. And I didn't know it was in store, but it ended up being a life-changing experience. I was a part of a team where I actually bought in and I had the most inspiring coach uh, that you could imagine. And it was really... It was not so much, some coaches are, you know, oh, just enjoy it, have fun. It was really performance driven. Uh, The coach was all about performance. And for me, that kind of turned around my work ethic. Um, It really made me realize, okay, now is the time to start working hard and start working hard on anything that I'm doing, no matter if it's, you know, going to the gym or even schoolwork, or even uh, business, because you really shouldn't leave anything on the table. 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've had a lot of mentors throughout the years, honestly, just networking through uh, the universities I've been at. Uh, one that stands out to me is a gentleman named Mr. Benson Reisman. He's, uh, he's a really interesting guy. And something that's he's told me many times over that stuck with me is he says, just try it on. And what he's meaning is try things. If it, you like the way they fit, continue to wear them, continue to exercise those activities. If they don't work, just try something else on. Because in entrepreneurship and in business, it's really about just trying things, seeing what sticks, and kind of running with it. Yeah, and that education is definitely different than when I was going to school. Um, because, like, the world has become more accepting of entrepreneurs, for sure. There's less fear around it and we actually support it a lot more uh when we're when we're in and i like that as well and the school systems are embracing it because we make up a majority of the world like we create more jobs than anyone we employ more people than anyone that's just the way it is the entrepreneur medium small size businesses you know large businesses tend to be billion dollars and not privately owned so um although there are some and let's talk about the chocolate the interest like the business like let's start like who does what do are both you involved in the same activities like your partners but you know is it more of a cover and move type scenario you both do everything and cover for each other you guys really concentrate on certain areas well as as with any business partnership it most beneficial partnerships are partners that complement each other we like to say Grant's the creative genius, where he's got, you know, Elon Musk has a thousand ideas. They're bouncing around in his head and his brain's going to explode. If you can imagine that in the world of chocolate and business, it's Grant. And Grant is in the store, you know, really making sure that the operations of the business are succeeding and being really teaching himself how to be a chocolatier, to be honest with you. Uh, I've kind of gone out there, networked with a different group of people, and really just honestly trying to figure out what direction is best for the business. And we both, as we go into the business month after month, and as we continue to figure out what are the next steps in the business, you know, it's really a joint effort. Yeah, so I would say, you know, Austin was definitely... Uh, more studious than me, and he has a lot more um, experience as far as school is concerned and even experience in business because he did have his prior venture. And he is definitely, um, you know, I come up with like a idea and he's going to be the one to help us get that idea to market. Um, he's really the one who creates the the plan looks at the numbers and make sure everything's checks out. Uh, sometimes, you know, I get ahead of myself and I'm just like, Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, so we really do have a pretty amazing partnership and our skills really, um, complement each other very well. Um, I mean, we've been, you know, learning, learning, learning. I can't even tell you how much we've learned in the past, uh, 12, 18 months. And, you know, each of us um, bring to each other things that we've learned and things that we need to uh, really systematize so that we're able to, you know, keep this business, uh, keep this brand uh, the way we want it and keep it really 
to the core with our our culture and what the brand's about. Um, so honestly, it's a it's a constant learning process. Austin and I actually grew up sharing a, a bedroom as a kid, so we knew how to get along. And believe it or not, through the uh, the business, I think we've become even more closer than we were when we were living in the same room. So it uh, it really has worked out for us. And we we definitely both have uh, learned how to get along. I, I've been working on, you know, my patience. Um, and so so is he, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. Well, also is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. Of course. And you guys are still so young. I mean, you're like 20 years behind me at this point. And I think about like I was about four years into food service partners about your age, maybe five years, depending on your age. And um, and I put went through school as well and had all those tools that I used when I went along. So, I mean, like you're at a point where you now school isn't a distraction in a way, even though you were learning from it and you have the ability to focus on this. So like the next three, four, five years. I mean, it's just going to, your trajectory is going to be just amazing what you're going to be able to do. And you are learning at such a rapid rate. So that part is just so cool as well. I think that you're going to just see such success and you're learning and you're willing to learn and you're willing to put yourself out there. Your social media is doing well. You know, you obviously produce a good product. So let's go back to just the chocolates themselves. Like, someone comes into your store what can they expect the experience to be like so the hampton chocolate factory prides itself on its customer experience the customer experience is one of a kind you're greeted by a hampton chocolate factory team member and it's not like a you know hello welcome to the hampton chocolate factory and then the team members back to work it's a hello welcome to the hampton chocolate factory and it's honestly like a conversation starter. We want to keep that mom and pop style of customer service um, through all of our future stores. And we are going to be the first, um, the first really retail store to, to see that style of customer service um, scalable, to see it be consistent at every location that we plan on opening. Um, Austin and I actually, it's funny, just realized yesterday that we need to put our culture in writing, the company culture. So, you know, we're now developing um, basically ways for our current store manager and our future store managers to make sure that the company culture stays to the core. And, and that's you want really to make how... sure you guys put core values in there also, probably about like, you know, nine to 12 of them that you want your company to always have for the rest of eternity that everyone can look at. Just some advice. Just if you're going to do the exercise, throw core values in there. That's how you weigh your employees. That's how you weigh your managers. That's how you weigh yourself. It's on the soft skills, not on the hard skills. If they're not doing something at work, it's usually because they're missing a soft skill, right? Like, I'm not going to work because... I just don't have the ability to show up on time. Okay, that's the real problem. So it's like things like that, like go the extra mile is the ones I use. And I use a lot of them, but I think that would help. Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to give some unsolicited advice there. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that's really appreciated. And 
I I hear you loud and clear. You know, I was kind of like including the core values in the culture a little bit, but I, I totally think that uh, it's the right move to to separate them and really list that out clearly and explicitly um, because that's just as important at the end of the day. And that is what makes the Hampton Chocolate Factory uh, gears turn. And, you know, some of those core value, values for us, the number one is going above and beyond. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the customer service that we deliver above and beyond customer service, where as soon as a customer walks in, no matter what the um, employees are doing in the store, what the team members are doing in the store, their attention goes to the customer and their attention is solely focused on making sure the customer leaves delighted. Um, now, we've given them a roadmap and uh, all the tools they need to make sure that happens. Um, and by you know delivering this experience where they're giving the customer either a tour of the store if it's their first time or, or chocolate samples. And all of our, I don't know if you've seen our store, but all of our desserts are made in a right on the line so you can see everything we have only glass showcases there's nothing blocked off um so whenever employees are making desserts it's almost like they're putting on a show and that's kind of been a big key component to um our social media traction our um, growth on social media because it's front and center and the employees, when they're making the desserts, put on a show, people film it, people put it on their stories and take videos and post reels. And it, it really does make a huge difference. And it really does um, aid in the customer leaving saying, wow, what an experience that that place was worth the trip from New York. That place was worth the trip from the United Kingdom. And we have people come from all over the world um to try our desserts and our chocolate mainly driven from our social media um the giant cone has been one of the the catalysts i don't know if you've seen it but it's a, a five pound ice cream cone and it basically is the biggest ice cream cone in the world yeah uh, it's pretty awesome but people travel from all over the world to to get it and we, you know, we just had someone from the UK not too long ago, Puerto Rico and anywhere. Um, but that's definitely, you know, been one of the catalysts in our social media growth, growth. Um, along with our, our brand just being very um, Instagramable, Instagramable, as people say, we're all about a little luxury, a big taste and really the elegance of our, our of our packaging combined with the best product the the flavors are amazing the taste is amazing and we only use the most premium ingredients we can source so it really does combine for um something amazing and an amazing customer experience yeah and when you guys say that grants in the lab well i think austin said it is that you're in the lab always trying to create new things. Is this some of the things you created? Was the, the five-pound ice cream cone one of the – did you say it was five pounds? Yeah, yeah. So 
I actually remember how uh, we created that. Basically, one day, I think uh, Austin's girlfriend was filming a video of me making an ice cream cone. And I just kind of kept going, but it looked like a mess. And then I posted a TikTok of it. And the TikTok got like 200 views. At this time, we didn't really have any you know, social media uh, momentum. We had like a couple thousand, two or 3,000 followers on Instagram and like 30 followers on TikTok. Um, so that TikTok got like 200 views. And I was like, I didn't think anything of it. Then um, about a week and a half later, some, some guy comes in. And I kind of just loved the idea of that cone being so big, but uh, a guy comes in and he wanted, you know, a big ice cream cone. He, he just ordered a large and I was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to put on a show. Cause that's what we do at the Hampton chocolate factory. We put on a show. So I just kept going and I made it as big as I could. Then we posted that one on TikTok, and it got like 20,000 views. And we were like, Oh yeah, cool. I'm on to something I, here. Yeah, well, actually, we were still like cool, <laughs> but we didn't really realize the value that that actually had. Yeah. So another couple of weeks go by, and then I decide to post that video on Instagram, and it took off after after like three weeks of just sitting there. It took off, and it took off simultaneous to me committing and setting um actually prior to prior to taking off prior to me posting that video um i committed to focusing on growing our social media and hitting 10,000 followers on instagram we were at like 3,000 4,000 at the time and i told everyone around me you know we're going to hit it by the end of the month just just wait and see just watch and i told everyone in the store all of the team members were like you know, it's not not going to happen. Like, you have to have realistic expectations. And I was like, again, the Hampton Chocolate Factory, that's not what we do here. We go above and beyond. We exceed expectations. And then, what do you know, uh, a month later, that video is at 60 million views. And we're at 70,000 followers on Instagram um, with countless other videos that have went viral and the momentum was just there. From there, you know, we kept going. And I really single-handedly was editing and posting all the videos. Super unorganized, by the way. I was kind of just, you know, throwing everything up um, very spontaneously. And it worked because I was on both ends, meaning I was in the store. I kind of um, knew the business better than anyone knew the desserts better than anyone and knew what people wanted to see. Um, so I would say it worked because of that, but we're definitely now, now that we have this following, we're definitely working towards uh, capitalizing on it and really unlocking the value as far as revenue is concerned and um, continuing to see it grow. And now Austin and I, after you know, the, the busy season, um, the holiday season, because you know how chocolate gifts go. Um, we, we've decided, you know, we're, we're going to map 
out the year and really plan out uh, a growth strategy to to get organized and to get systematized um, so that you know we we know where we're going we're not flying blind anymore well and i think the video and the reels or whatever they're called uh now uh new marketing terms videos that all of a sudden really have gained traction because tiktok created a new market for it basically and the short video and I think it's phenomenal. And I think what happens here is like years of experience, the compounding effect of your parents meets opportunity or as we talk about on the podcast, lightning in a bottle. And it is true. It does happen. It's just not as quick as everyone thinks. Like it's that lightning's been created over a lifetime. It's just how do we capture it and how do we create the bottle to capture it in? And you guys have figured it out. You've stayed true to what you want to do. Everyone's moved to Florida. You're you're being creative. You're not being like, well, we don't do that. And, you know, a five pound ice cream cone could be wasteful. And who's going to want that? I mean, there's a thousand things that most entrepreneurs uh, in the world and uh, let's just talk at most humans or every human who's not an entrepreneur that can't think this way wouldn't take the risks that you guys are taking. And so here's the reward. Like the reward is like 3,000 to 70,000 followers and like overnight and still climbing. And you figured out a way to put the reels out there. And everyone's like, oh, how do you do it? You're just spontaneously. Well, that's true because it's still true with humans and it's still true with entrepreneurs. There is no hack. It's just putting the right product out there, what people want to see and in the right platform that's trending right now or in a way that's trending. Even if it may not work, you want to be one of the first to try on the shirt, as we talked about that Austin talked about earlier, I believe, um, I think it was, which is, you know, try it on. Well, you got to try on the social media. And if you're in the front of the wave or you're in front of the wave of the new trend, then it benefits you. Podcasting, that was a trend. Social media of any sort, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, back into Reels on Instagram um, now. And LinkedIn has had weird trends for the more business-minded people, our intrapreneurs, I would say, versus entrepreneurs. And um, and so this is cool. So what do you guys, like, how are you capturing all this? Because that sort of growth, the amount of business that comes in the door, that's a lot of growth really fast. That's a lot of cash flow going out the door really fast. You're having to invest in more employees. You're probably having to invest in more product because I can't imagine you just go to 70,000 followers and it doesn't impact your business. Yeah, I mean, we actually, believe it or not, 70,000 was only in a month. We're now at over 200,000 on Instagram and uh, other tens of thousands (laughs) on other platforms. But we, I mean, we just bought another ice cream machine. That's uh, insane. Yeah, yeah, it it really is crazy. And honestly, I want to comment on the try it on. Um, I think that, when you try it on, you really have to try it on. And what I mean by that is, you know, if I just posted, uh, if I just committed for a week, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll post a, you know, a video every day for a week and I'll see what happens. Nothing, nothing would have happened because, uh, that's not really fully trying it on. It's kind of like, mm, try it on for a second and I'm just taking it off. Um, I, I believed that I was going to try it on and that it was going to fit. And I think that believing that it's going to fit and then, you know, if it doesn't fit, you, 
make the adjustments you need to and you believe that something else is going to fit is a fantastic approach to, to kind of setting goals and um, having a forwards outlook because you really do have to commit a lot of the time. Uh, when I, when I committed, like I said, we were at three or 4,000 followers and for the first couple weeks, uh, I think for the first three weeks, we really did not see much growth at all. We, we hit maybe 5,000 followers after three weeks. And that was just because I was doing everything I could. I, I was posting a lot. I was, um, you know, doing a lot of public relations, inviting in influencers and reaching out. And that also did accelerate the momentum. But I, the third week just kind of uh, hit the nail on the head with that, with that video. It, it really just took off. And um, I would say commitment is, is one of the, um, one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned in, in this past year and a half you got to commit you got to believe our our uh, role models always instilled that you have to conceive believe achieve and conceive you you know come up with the idea come up with the concept you don't know exactly what it's going to be but you kind of have your your vision and then you believe you fully believe that you're going to take it to where you want it to go and achieve this vision and then you uh, achieve it. Achieving is really when you actually um, are figuring it out and, you know, you actually make the plan and are in the, in the market. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, we talk about, well, we refer to it on, in our businesses or the groups I'm in as burning the ships. And it's really like if you're going to try it on and you're going to go forward, you can't have like – you can't be doing multiple things at once sometimes because that's never going to make the thing you're trying to do succeed either. And you're not going to succeed at any of them. And it is what you're talking about. If you're going to try it on, you got to commit to it. And I think that the social media thing, like it's so interesting because so many people committed and really committed sometimes for years to building up a social media presence. And then with that real explosion and, and the connection to their businesses and their food, they've had massive amounts of success after years by leveraging all the years of business and creative menus and ideas and investing in the next generation like you guys have um, in your case. Like it's your parents really invested in you. They let you be a part of the business. Every summer you learned you wanted to be a part of it and now look at what you have in front of you. You're in your 20s and you could live to 90, maybe even longer. I don't know, generationally. We're living to 100. Yeah, at least 100. at least because the medicine now may make it 120, you know? Who knows? <laughs> you know, know. Florida's going to be packed by then. But it's yeah. – um. so let's talk about what next steps are. What, you know, what are the next steps for your business? What – are the things that you guys want to see happen? You mentioned expansion. You've mentioned you're up to 200,000 followers. I mean, you're starting to get probably outgrowing the space you're in. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely have a lot of plans. Um, in the past couple of weeks, Austin, uh, myself, and our dad have been kind of, you know, just discussing different avenues that we can go down. Um, and 
we really at this point are going to do more of a trying it on i guess um and we're gonna you know really try things on we're not gonna try them on take them off right away we're gonna try them on commit to trying them on and then see if it fits yeah i mean to add to that you know we we really looked at our 2022 business and our 2022 numbers and we kind of figured out that you know we were as we've said multiple times we were running a business blind without the experience so our plan for 2023 and q1 and q2 is really to set that foundation fill all the holes fill all the gaps patch everything up and set ourselves up for success in the future and with that being said you know we identified kind of three opportunities in the business that we're going to exploit and one being you know two being actually local opportunities the first one being catering so anyone in the tampa bay area we do decadent dessert catering with a liege belgian waffle bar and an artisan's s'mores bar and then we also do in-store events where corporate events, team building events in our retail store. You can rent it out for an hour or two. We do chocolate bar making experiences. We do chocolate and wine pairings. And then the third opportunity that we're going to be focusing on in 2023 is really our e-commerce business because we've identified that we have these 200,000 followers on Instagram, but they're not all in Tampa. How can we let them indulge in our decadent desserts and our chocolate through our website? And, you know, we have expansion plans into more stores and we kind of have our eyes right now in Miami. Whenever that comes about, we'll see. Maybe it's Q4 2023 or maybe it's early 2024. But, you know, we have a lot of work to do before we get there. But- yeah, we're definitely, you know, uh, realizing what we need to do and what we need to get in writing before we can open up more locations. Um the e-commerce is is really exciting to me because I get messages from people all day long saying, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this, but I can't fly all the way to Florida to get it. Um, so we're going to be able to deliver our amazing products that everyone's raving about um, anywhere in the country and maybe eventually, you know, we'll ship to Canada a little bit. But for now, just the United States. And we're going to be launching uh, some new products, actually. One of our, our newest um, products that I think is going to be really, really exciting and people are going to really rally behind is our chocolate barks. Um, so it's basically a, a thin piece of chocolate with some infusions, whether it's um, crushed Oreos, we would have a cookies and cream flavor, strawberry shortcake flavor, hazelnut swirl flavor. Um, Right now, we're still in the beta testing phase, doing a lot of taste testing. Um, But these these barks are going to be nothing less than amazing because we make sure that every product we come out with is amazing from the giant cone all the way to our sea salt caramels. Um, you know, every, every product has to taste like a wow. And what that means is people say, wow, when they taste it, cause it's so good, but, um, we're excited to, to really hit the market with these. And I'm excited also for our ice cream pints to be, um, to be readily available. I mean, we are now developing ways to, produce more ice cream pints and ways to deliver ice cream pints um, eventually anywhere in the country. There's a couple different 
business models. We have Nat Avenue, a couple different um, channels of sales we have for the Barks, too. And we're, like Austin said, like I said, we're just getting ready to, to try it all on this year. Um, so excited, doing a lot of taste testing right now again. And I'm going to go off on a, a little bit of a commentary tangent just for you guys. One of the things that and I'm in, you know, I do a lot of research. I've had other, I think one or two other chocolate people back in the day on the podcast. I've also see what's going on in the business. And it's like every other business. There's so much room for concepts like this to grow now, especially during the delivery age and especially during the fulfillment age. Okay. There's two things going on. One is the fulfillment age that was created by directed delivery food meal businesses. Okay. They were always there, but like they're, they're able to do it in companies like mine back in like food service partners that were behind the scenes, help companies like that grow rapidly to do meals across the country. So the fulfillment part is the meals across the country. The delivery business that I'm talking about is like DoorDash. Okay. So for everyone listening in, like there's two opportunities there and they're capitalized on both of them. We've never seen growth like we have for those industries over the last 12 years. Okay. COVID helped push along the delivery business, but fulfillment was already there and fulfillment actually got push back a little bit because delivery took off. You see everywhere, like you can have Uber Eats deliver like Johnny's cakes anywhere in the country, okay? So there's that delivery system that costs a lot more or there's actual fulfillment if you have a shelf-stable-ish product, um, including frozen, fresh, ship it, refrigerated, whatever. So when I mean ish, meaning you can ship it uh, stable. And so there's a lot of that boom here. So the other thing that's going on is that Interestingly, chocolate is so under, I mean, you see how many burgers on Instagram, you see how many chicken, fried chicken, hot chicken, whatever, there's just, and, I'm, and I've been looking as I, we were going in to record, I believe, last time, and if I remember correctly, there are other ch- chocolate companies out there, there's one not doing what you guys are doing, two, they're not being as creative as you are, and three, they just don't have the compounded entrepreneurism that you guys have in there where they're able to move as fast as you guys are. You're young kids, your minds were malleable, your parents did a good job, and it's made it so you're moving faster. Like most companies couldn't handle just the ice cream pint. Think about how many items you guys are handling right now as a family, okay? So let's talk about that a little bit. Money can be stressful, creative ideas can be stressful, particularly around all males, particularly around two sons and a father, and those relationships can handle it. So how do you guys deal with when you guys don't agree? I know everything can be butterflies and rainbows, but I wanna grow, um, make sure we're growing the audience as well. Like, How do you guys handle the financial piece? How do you handle the creative piece? Like, How do you handle if Grant puts something on social media where you're like, oh, God, I don't know how we're going to do that. And so, I mean, do you guys check in with each other? How does it all work? Because I think that dynamic is important. I mean, with with anything in relationships, it's a constant growth opportunity. And disagreements, they come up. There's bumps in the road. But in reality, you have to realize that everyone's working towards the same goal. And whether it's kind of taking a pause, taking a step back and honestly removing yourself from the conversation and reflecting before you kind of have a uh, uh, a rebuttal or a comment, because, you know, 
he really does take thought to understand certain things. And it's important that there's no rash reactions. You know, I think um, the something, the Buddha, you know, it's about not reacting to certain things, but rather responding. And the difference between a reaction is it's an impulse. You know, if someone steps on my toe, it's going to hurt. I'm going to react to it. But if you really think about it, then, it, you know, it was an accident. They didn't mean it. Um, so it's really about thinking about the whole pig dig picture versus just reacting to that comment. Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree with that. The The main thing for, for us, um, the main thing that I've learned through working with Austin and my family has been making sure that everyone is aligned. Everyone is on the same frequency and everyone knows and agrees on where you're headed, where the destination is. Maybe not how you're going to get to the destination, but where the destination is. Because, you know, we all have different ideas. We all think differently and we kind of don't know which ones are the right ones until we really dive into it a little bit further. So making sure that we all have clear vision on where we're going has been the most important piece to me, at least for our collaborative success and our constant, you know, getting along because we, we never really, I mean, you, you know, you seen some, some families I'm sure you're familiar with. Everybody knows the family where they say stuff and they don't mean it. Um, we didn't grow up in that type of family in our family. It was always kind of, you know, mean what you say. Um, you can't really just like take it back and erase it. Um, so like Austin said, we don't respond in, um, any way other than a, a rational way to, to things happening. And we kind of, um, are able to prevent any unnecessary arguments that really aren't significant by, by doing that. Yeah. I mean, you have to realize, you know, we're, we're all working towards, you know, we're, we're, you know, Napoleon Hill and his idea of the mastermind Alliance where multiple people working towards the same goal. 100%. Along, along that journey, there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. And, you know, you look back, we look back at 2022 and we realize that all those things that were such a big deal at the time were minuscule. You know, they were really meaningless. It's just, you have to kind of step back, look at it from a 360 view and just realize and always ask yourself the question, is this going to get me closer to my goal? Is this going to get us to the decadent dessert destination, which is what we call the Hampton Chocolate Factory? And in reality, if it's not, you know, if it's not aligned with the vision, if it's not aligned with the goal, if it's not aligned with the destination, then, you know, maybe there's a chance to reconsider. But it's really just taking a step back and looking at things from a 360 view. Yeah, and I usually don't do this on the podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I'll plug Arate Syndicate. But you guys should consider joining. Um, I am a member and there are a lot of us, but it's for very high level, what I would call, it's not high functioning entrepreneurs. We're talking hyper functioning entrepreneurs that the American dream or entrepreneurism has been compounded in them in generations. And, um, and it's for entrepreneurs that suddenly discover like this huge talent for being an entrepreneur as well and needing to figure out how to harness it and, and turn it in. 
I just recommend that you guys look at it because um, you're red. You refer to Napoleon Hill. You're on the right mindset. Like your potential is perfectly able to cap. You know, you guys are ripe for $100 million, let alone a billion-dollar company in the chocolate world, like in, in a very short period of time. And I think that you could – there's plenty of mentors in there, and there's not enough food people in Arite anyway. I'm one of, like, four people out of, like, the massive amount of people in it. And it started off with less than 100 or just about 100. Yeah, if you can so, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you because we're all about it. If you can share that with us yeah. after – um, you know, we're, we're on, we, I mean, we've been talking, I think Grant mentioned earlier, we, you know, we're looking to, to really learn from, from people and it's, it's a constant learning. You know, we don't nearly know as much as someone that's been around 20 more years than we have, you know, life yeah. is about experiences. And as, a, as we continue to preach, we only have 41 combined years of experience. So we're really looking to kind of just get out there meet the right people. And in reality, that's kind of how you learn. So, um, Thank you for that comment, and you know, after we'll connect, and we'd love to see how yeah. we can join. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about it is this: it is about connecting, but it's also about like something like Arite. It's not only about like upward or I know I have twenty years more experience or whatever. It's about like I can learn from you also. So there's a lot of it's about a mutual learning, a learning, and a soul is a soul. You have old souls, you have young souls we learn things from each other. Like you guys do really well at reels. That's something I'm just learning on my own. Do the people around me know it and work on it? Yeah. But I want to learn it on my own. If it's going to be my own brand, I'm going to build it on my own. I don't want any help. I may mess up. I may do things wrong. You can make fun of me or laugh at me, you know, that I don't know it, but I'm going to do it on my own because I want to know what I'm doing, especially if I'm having other people do it in my business and businesses. And so that's just part of it. Like I'm learning a lot from you guys too. Like there's perspective when I was your age that I didn't have when I was your age. I didn't have podcasts and, and books and entrepreneurism certainly wasn't as engaged. Uh, I can't even tell you how frowned upon it was even 20 years ago, especially in schools. Like there wasn't even a major. It was just something like, why do you want to do that? Do you know how hard that is and and what life you're going to have to live so there's a lot of that when i was growing up and you know you're guaranteed then to not be better than your parents generation there was like a lot of conversation around that in particular and i don't know why but it's just what was going on so you guys have all this thing all this ability so i just want to say that as well and there's all these tools it may not be arite but it could be something i just think you guys fit in well in there um, next question. Talk about each other. What do you value um, about each other, like core values you grew up together? Like what is something about the other person that you think makes them a good leader that you don't have? I'll go first. Take it from Grant was about to jump on it, but I'm going to steal, steal the spotlight to give Grant the spotlight on this one. I mean, one thing that I admire about Grant, I mean, just one thing, there's a lot, but and he, I mean, he mentioned it too, the ability to commit um, to something and hold that commitment and not really steer off that commitment. I mean, one thing, you know, it when, as Grant mentioned, when he got in trouble with school, a lot of kids would kind of just take that as the teacher caught me, my parents caught me, uh, you know, I'm going to go around the side and do this and do that. And you know, I'm going to sneak out the back door and kind of get back to what I used to. But Grant kind of took it as a signal, as a opportunity. 
and he really took advantage of it. And I mean, being able to transfer to a new state your senior year of high school, I couldn't imagine of doing that. Um, it, I couldn't imagine living through that. And Grant actually, you know, even though he was resistant in the beginning, he thrived under the the new environment. And I think he now realizes what a what a life changing opportunity it was. And I mean, that's just a couple things that have been really impressive. And his ability to kind of adapt to the business, you know, not really having that much experience. Now he's 19, you know, when we launched, I think he was 18 and just kind of getting his feet wet, jumping into it, flying blind um, as we both are. And just, just really taking the initiative to, to really learning and, you know, learning from ground zero. Yeah, um, before you talk. Thank you, Austin. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, I appreciate that. But, I mean, there are, like Austin said, there are a ton of things that I admire about him. And I would say the thing that I admire most and maybe even envy a little bit is his emotional mastery. He's able to stay very centered in very stressful times. So I have really never seen Austin get overwhelmed. I've never seen him, you know, crumble under pressure. He always crushes. That's what he calls it. He crushes the day. He crushes his presentations. And it's honestly, it's had an effect on me. Um, I've learned how to do it from him. He's, he's never been a too proud to to let me in and show me how he is so successful in the things he's successful in and how he has learned how to do this and it's really almost like he was able to uh fast track me um to you know enlighten me on a lot of his experiences and you know that's that's really why anyone reads for for growth, they read because they're trying to learn from other people's experiences and other people's perspectives. And Austin has been able to transfer more of his experiences and more of what he's learned than I would even imagine to me just in, you know, this past one and a half years of working closely with him. And I've been able to commit and been able to do things that I really didn't think I could do before that. Um, so, you know, even though Austin and I are partners, he is one of my role models and he is one of the people that have had a, a major positive influence on my abilities. And I, uh, I definitely, you know, admire that about him. So, yeah, I mean, thank you. Uh, it's, it's it's been fun. I mean, we we continuously build each other up, and that's the magic of I mean, being brothers and being able to work in a business together, being go. able to do it successfully. Um, yeah. Not many people are able to do it. We kind of have the special gift where our dad has always said, you know, you work together as a team, you're unbeatable, and we're kind of proving that. Hitting our numbers in 2022, 200 plus thousand followers on social media. And really just achieving our goals. And, you know, this is really just the beginning. And it's, it's really exciting to see 
where we are, where we're going, because, I mean, we know we're going to get to the destination. We just don't know how and we don't necessarily know when, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I want to comment on what you guys said, then two important things. One is emotional intelligence, which is what you said is the ability to have composure no matter what or equanimity, as Ed Millett would call it. And it's the ability to stay composed or have calmness amongst a storm, no matter what's going on. So that's one of the things we talked about. One of, and then when we talked about it for Grant, it's the ability to pivot. Like something happens, I don't just try to get around it. It's a sticking point, okay? It's a pivot point. Like this happened in my life. What do I do with it? Like I got in trouble. I can either keep trying to do this or I can use it as a pivot point to go to something greater. You know, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's also analyzing, not just trying to get around something or take advantage of something, but also how to really take advantage of something which is learned from it. And I think that that's that's truly what's going on. And I'm gonna say this, um, I used the word crushing it since I was probably your guys' age also. The only difference is, is that I fucking crush it now. And, yeah. and it's because I, I do it daily. Like I've become so good at daily discipline. It's one of the reasons I'm trying to release podcasts every day, which I'm, I ha I'm going to like, I'm way, I'm ahead of schedule. I know I'm filling the queue. It took me a while to build up the momentum, but it's the same idea. I, if I do it every day, it becomes a habit. And every day I create distance because other podcasts are out there are only doing three a day. Okay, you know, so it's like, okay, how do I get quality content? How do I get quality entrepreneurs? Well, you guys are pretty high quality. So I lucked out there. And then, you know, and it just seems to be that way. It's not really luck. That's what people think it is, but it's nothing to do with luck. I attract people that are of similar mindset to me and have a similar journey as mine. It's just the way it is. That's what happens when you're authentic and vulnerable. And so you guys are that and you're attracting that in your product and you're attracting people to your success. It's not only that, okay, you're really good at chocolate and your reels are really great. It's like, okay, here are two young, successful men really, I would say, inspiring people. Like there is a gift there. And it's why one of the reasons I did suggest Arate is because you've compounded a family legacy that most people don't do. Your father has, you guys have, you're going to maybe hopefully compound it even further to your kids. And it's worth you guys sharing. It's worth you guys sharing beyond just the chocolate, okay? Because you're young and maybe it's not now, but I'm just going to plant the seed that there's more here. Like you both are very good speakers. You're very young. You have comfortability in your business. You have each other who helps each other grow. You have a good foundation in your family. You have a good understanding of business that you need to build before you scale. Okay, so every check is going on there. And so I'm not doing this to, to make your egos get too large. And in fact, I'm trying to humble you because it's going to get a bumpy road and there's going to be changes in, in media and all that. And you guys are still young and every seven or eight years, the economy really takes a dump on you in the food business. But what I am telling you is there's going to be more to your message than just food. And yep. I think that that's the cool part. And wow. What do you guys want to share with the audience? Um, uh, the mics, your guys, how do you guys stay inspired? What motivates you? How do you want to, how do you motivate the people around you? I guess that's a good start. And then where can they find you guys on social media or, and your store address? So let's talk about inspiration stuff first and we can get in closing out later. Yeah. I mean, to start, I, I definitely say, um, 
you know, focus on making sure that you're happy, making sure that you're enjoying the journey and that you're really in balance. Um, because if you're not enjoying it, enjoying what you're doing, then you're doing the wrong thing. Um, yeah, I mean, Justin, I just wanted to kind of, um, applaud you uh this you know we've been on a lot of podcasts and this one's actually been really really meaningful in terms of um exploiting some you've had some great questions you know we've shared some great information um so you know kudos to you because uh, you're on it everything you've said as just like we check off the boxes you're checking off the boxes and you know you're on the right path in everything you're working towards because you're on the right frequency and i mean the way that you know just advice to to the listeners um you know a couple things that really help me stay grounded are routines and you know self-development and that kind of led to my quote as grant said emotional mastery and i've read over 100 books in the past couple of years i you know meditate on every single day and i have morning routines and night routines which have been consistent for three, four years. And starting your day, ending your day with routine really, really sets you up for success. And continuing to learn through books, what, you know, I know some people don't like books, so whether it's a podcast or a book or a YouTube video or an auto audio book, learning from other people's experience will save you a lot of time and a lot of money. And that's why people write books to share them. And I mean, we, we really do, you know, appreciate you kind of asking these questions and, and guiding us through this and just a little, you know, for anyone listening, of course, because, you know, we're always promoting the Hampton Chocolate Factory, HamptonChocolateFactory.com, we ship nationwide. And if you're in Tampa or just flying to Tampa, our store address is in a location called Sparkman Wharf and the address is 615 Channelside Drive. And that's in Tampa, Florida. So we hope to see you soon. And we'll see you in the store. Be decadent. Yeah, be be decadent. Go beyond decadent. Go beyond decadent. Yeah, that's right there. That's awesome. Like such a good core value. And I just want to emphasize what you said, um, Austin and Grant both. But particularly, like, one of the things that happened to me, even after 20 years of being in business, is once I turned up that discipline, like I... I've always read every day like a personal development book since I've been 20, like 19 years old, like right before 2000 hit, it just, I started doing it and it stuck. And, but I've always exercised. I've always had routines to the point where I drive people crazy. Like, like you want to mess up my routines. Like we're probably not going to be in a relationship anymore because like, if I don't do this, like I start to freak out and it's not good for anyone because this is how I win. And um, it's just like weirdly how a baseball player probably puts on his uniform left sock first all the time, right sock if he has superstition. There's just certain things that I do that I know I succeed. And when I get off them, I can tell you I fall off balance and they don't work. So like things like 75 hard, just to give everyone an example of something that's concrete, it's a lot. You don't need to do that right now. But that's what Austin's talking about when you and then you're already disciplined, you've already started getting commitment. I've already left lived a good lifestyle and I've never had to diet because I've just eaten well since I've been in food and my weight has fluctuated. I have misunderstood food here and there. And, we all do. and um, 
But 75 hard allowed me to do twice a day exercises, read, drink water, um, you know, take a personal photo. So I sell myself. And one of the things I realize is that the inside changes well before the outside ever does. And when you start to get that discipline on the inside and you start to do it, that's when the outside changes. That's when the businesses change. Like we're talking about three, four years in now. You know, your brother's involved. You guys are both involved. The business is changing. Like that three to four years, like everything happens. What starts on the inside takes three to four years to happen on the outside. It's just the way it is. Maybe even five years. And it's just, that's the way it is. You want to be jacked. It's going to take three to four years to get there. And that's working really hard. And so, you know, unless you're already jacked in some way or a young kid like you guys, you stand a better chance than 40-some-year-olds who don't work out. So... That's my point. It's like, it depends on where you're starting, but wherever you're starting, you've got to start. Like, even if it's like, okay, I've never exercised, we'll start walking every day. And if it's not, you know, you're not familiar with the financials of your business and you need to get more familiar, you should start looking at them every day. Not just like, oh, once a week, I'll look at them once a week. No, every day. You don't do it at all or you need to get familiar. Start every day. And that's, again, why I go back to the every day of the podcast. That's why I live my life the way way it is because I don't want to get off routine I don't want my businesses to suffer and you don't want your team members and the people that work for you to suffer because you decided to be selfish and get off your routine and that's how I look at it if I'm off my routine it's very selfish of me because I'm doing it for my own reasons this is how I win this is how my family wins and this is how everyone around me wins so if I'm doing anything other than that then I'm not doing what it is and I win and ultimately I don't need to be selfish because I have everything I want when I do those things. So, yeah, and just just to add a little comment to that, I think you know uh, it's really I'm gonna use what you said. You know, it shows on the inside before the outside. But if for people, the hardest part is really just getting started, like you mentioned. And I feel like people will try to go, they try to skip five steps. And the biggest thing that I've learned is, and like you said, you know, if you can't, if you're trying to go running, go walking. You know, if you're trying to start a reading habit, read a page a day, do that for three days, then up it to two. You know, you have to really start habit stacking. If you don't start, you're obviously not going to get anywhere. But if you start small and can continuously grow um, to eventually where you want to get to, maybe it's 10 pages a day, maybe it's a mile a day, maybe it's 10 miles every day. Who knows? But it really is just getting started. And you might think, well, reading a page a day, that's kind of you know, that's really small. But in reality, all you're doing is creating a habit. And the habit's what's going to make it stick. Yeah, I mean, that's 100% right. And, you know, once you do it once, honestly, it's life changing. It really is. I mean, I remember, uh, I started reading every day and working out every day. And that was kind of the life changing moment, where I was like, Oh, I can do this in any aspect of my life. I can make the change tomorrow, today, and continue to, you know, practice that every day. And that's really when life gets so exciting. That's when you start to achieve the things you want to achieve and win, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you, because you're doing what you want to be doing. You're happier. So you're getting along with everyone. It's an overall positive halo effect. Yeah, you're kinder for sure. I think we're kinder as humans, even though we're working harder and we're more driven and we're more direct would be a word I use. So like feelings and emotions tend to be more balanced. But 
I would say that we're more effective and more efficient. And actually, there are room for feelings and emotions and love and happiness. It's just it's more blocked out in time. It's more with intent, not just happenstance. And spontaneity happens in the structured extra time. Like it's weird because I'm so structured, but I have all this free time now here and there because I'm so structured and so good at what I do. I can turn one day into three days. And um, because I structure my life that way, I look at my days as three days in one, my podcast life, you know, my business life, and then like, you know, whatever else I'm doing, you know, personal development life, speaking life, whatever that is, I try to divide it into three parts and, and all the three parts vary by the day. I don't Sometimes I record four podcasts in a day and I don't need to record for two days. So I work on three different things each of those two days. Um, so there's stuff like that. So I would love to have you guys back on the podcast. Um, I'm going to reach out to Grant. I'm also going to connect you with some guys that are exactly like you guys that are your age, um, that are in family businesses that are growing, that are not in chocolate. But I think it would be great to have like-minded young individuals who are hustling like you guys are, whose parents are investing them like you guys are, and your mastermind group is getting more focused on individuals that are like you guys as well, to go back to the mastermind comment, Um, but your social circle, and I'm going to do that as well because I think it's important. Anyone in the audience should know that I connect the entrepreneurs on this podcast. They are on here for free. They're volunteering their time. They're sharing their story. Yes, I hope that my questions make them better and make their businesses better. They make me better. But it's also so I can connect them and they have the relatability and the badge of honor of being on the show and going through the questions and I talk to them and rescheduling. They all seem to connect and they start doing conversations together and some of them even do business ventures together or consulting together or help each other's business grow. So, you know, that's just part of being on the podcast that I offer as a value add because I don't, you know, you guys volunteer your time. So I feel like it's important that I give something back. So thank you guys. Thank you. I can't even tell you how much you grew me. I can't believe how young you guys are and how well-spoken you are and how well-rounded you are, both with personal development, um, business development, and then just being with the entrepreneurial spirit and your character. So thank you guys. Um, and anyone in the audience, you can find us on Instagram at just the food entrepreneurs. You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you listen to, listen to podcasts and grow yourself. I messed that up a little bit. Um, Austin or Grant, will you guys tell us one more time where they can find you online and on social media? Yeah. So they can find us at Hampton chocolate factory on Instagram and they can literally just search up on Google Hampton chocolate factory.com. Um, we're also on TikTok and even YouTube. So, uh, we're going to be a lot more active on, on YouTube this year. So feel free to subscribe there. But Justin, again, thank you for having us on here. We're looking forward to the next one. This was a great experience. And, you know, even before you connect us with everyone uh, that is in your Rolodex, we we really appreciate it. And we've uh, grown a lot in this past hour and a half of talking to you. So, yeah, Justin, we've, like I said earlier, we've done a lot of podcasts. This one's definitely going to be at the, the top of, the most beneficial, most well-rounded. I mean, you really, you really excelled. And as we like to say, you went above and beyond um, decadent in what you did and the questions you asked. So all I can say is thank you. Uh, Thank you for inviting us on and thank you for, you know, just being you and, 
you know, we wish only the best and part two coming soon. And I'll leave everyone with this also. Again, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. But have all, all the friends I have in Nashville, I tell them what this, they're all like foodies also and whatever else. They're always like, who are you recording? Who are you recording? And everyone literally loves your videos. Uh, comparatively, everyone's like, oh, that's really exciting. And they see the point in all the guests. And, uh, you know, we're of the upper echelon of guests in the food business anyway, if you're volunteering to be on the podcast. And, but, they really liked your product and they were really impressed. And I just wanted to pass that on with you guys that they're even like, oh, I like I've even heard people say, gosh, I don't even like chocolate. But those videos and the way they they display everything, it makes me want to try it anyway. And so I'll leave you guys with that. And we're out. We're out. <laughs>